0: The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times, entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Cast. Welcome to Into the Deep. I'm Jay Costa. I am exultant about today's guest. She's the founder and CEO of the Sapio Center and happens to have a degree in biochemistry. Today's guest is Crystal Cassidy. Crystal created Sapio Center to blend the known with the unknown, combining science and spirituality that gets right to the heart of spiritual development. Crystal has a background in the sciences with a degree in biochemistry. She combines this know-how of the business world with her extensive training in meditation, breathwork, Reiki, yoga, and a ton more. We talk about so much in this episode, everything from extraterrestrials to consciousness to our individual spiritual journeys. So, join me as we seek light and journey into the deep with Crystal Cassidy enjoy. Crystal, thank you so much for joining me today. I truly appreciate it.
1: Thank you. So excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, if you could, if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners and our viewers who you are and what it is you do, my friend.
1: Yes, my name is Crystal Cassidy. I'm the founder and CEO of Sapio Center, which is a modern day wisdom center, a spiritual center. We do breath work, we do meditation journeys, we talk about extraterrestrials and how to connect with them through consciousness. Uh, I do Reiki, and I feel like I'm leaving something out oh, like Akashic Records, you know, all the things. <laughs> and we bring it under this, this umbrella that's really grounded in science. I have a background in the hard sciences, as people call it. I have a degree in biochemistry. And I love to bring the scientific into the spiritual.
0: That's awesome. I love that. I, I love that people uh, are finally, it seemingly it seems, it seems like people are looking and f- seeking and finding the congruence between science and spirituality. Um, and I think it's an awesome time to be alive.
1: I think so too. I think the next 10 years are going to be really interesting how these these two fields come together.
0: I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I feel like for some folks, they see this time that we're in right now and for the most part, seemingly, and obviously I don't want to project, but some people, you know, they feel a little, I don't know, like their cages are rattled and they're they're not sure what's going to happen, but you're seemingly feeling like, no, this is all supposed to happen. This is great. Tell us why. <laughs>
1: Great question. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that my cage is, has has not been rattled from right. time to time.
0: All, all of ours have been. All right. of ours.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really crazy time. But something that I, I keep on coming back to is that in all these shifts, as we're kind of finding our footing, you know, if if we didn't have these shifts, we wouldn't have these opportunities. So I think I think even though it's really tumultuous, and I think it's probably con- going to continue to be for the next few years, um, it gives us such an opportunity to, to find new ways to connect, to, f- to really think about our priorities and how we're living our lives. Um, so I think there's a lot to be excited about, even amongst the chaos that is right now. That's not to say that there isn't you know really difficult things going on in the world and and trying to ground into that while also holding the space for joy at the same time—that we can, we can be joyful. We can find our our elevation and our in our space around us in the midst of all this. If that makes sense,
0: absolutely, it definitely does. And I feel like what you're doing for individuals uh, and offering folks some insight as to how to navigate through things because we life is such a complex thing. And I think, I know I'm my own obstacle before anything else, my own brain, my own mind, my own spirit. And it seems like you are of the school of thought of eliminating those obstacles within oneself.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: That's beautiful to put.
1: (laughs) um, Thank
0: you. What what got you on that trajectory?
1: The Shorter story. <laughs> I'll be here for a while on that one. Um, you know, I what got me on this trajectory. I mean, coming from having this idea that success in life meant, you know, originally I was thinking I would be the CEO of a company, and it didn't really matter what company. <laughs> it's like I'm just going to be, you know, an executive at at a company, and that's success. Um, and that's I think that was actually not necessarily a bad goal to have at the time, because I, I have a lot of ambition. I had an amazing ride in the biotechnology space. But as I started to get closer and closer to that summit, I started to realize, well, wait, is what af, what, what comes after that? And and as cliche as it sounds, and you hear this all the time, but I think it's really true, is that those kinds of goals end up really falling short. You think that that's something that you want. And then you start to get there and you're like, okay, this is a little bit more hollow than I thought. Um, And combine that kind of existential situation with, um, I I was really getting into spiritual practices. I was working in really high stress startup environments. And I'll never forget one day, one of the founders asked me, he said, you know, with all of this going on, how are you maintaining consistent, positive mindset. You're not losing your cool. He he asked me, he was like, what is your secret? What are you doing? (laughs) And I was like, you know what I'm doing every day for half an hour, I'm finding the corner of our, our building at the time. And I'm meditating and I'm, I'm connecting in the morning. I'm connecting throughout my day. And I, I connect at night and I started to realize I was like, this is actually having a really profound effect on my life, and it had been for for many years. But I started to to pay more attention at that point. And then I, in 2020, had a big crisis, as everybody or many people have had in 2020. And I had a near death experience, mm-hmm. so um, still kind of hard for me to to talk about. But I got COVID before. You know, locked down right in those early, early March, and uh, barely made it. And so, through through that process, you you learn a lot about yourself when death is that close. And I had all kinds of spiritual experiences. I was having past life experiences. Um, I was surrendering to something else that was helping me through that. So you come out the other side of that. Eventually, it took quite a long time to recover, um, and you're a different person, and your priorities shift, and you start to to really be unapologetic about what it is you want to spend your time on, and how you want to make an impact in the world. And for me, that was I I am fascinated by consciousness. I think it's non-local. It's not just in our heads. And I mean, with that realization. I mean, what a cool being we are or what cool beings that we are. And that's where I want to spend my time. And that's, that's what I want to help other people do is have this, this deep sense of self-realization.
0: Ah, oh, I love that. <clears throat> I think the challenging thing is, is I can align with a, a good majority of that too. It, it took a situation that affected my health that got myself to feel and think a little bit differently. That memento more, you know, mentality that like, gosh, time is fleeting. And like, what are these priorities? What is this ego that is there that doesn't need to be there? And it's not serving me. Um, Like all those things that start, you start questioning when you are facing those things. Like, you know, thank you for sharing that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. How are we able to get folks to maybe open their hearts and their minds without having had an experience like that, how are we able to get folks to start feeling those deep connections and really resonating with, you know, who they are, their authentic self?
1: Mm, Yeah. I hear a lot and I tend to be kind of, I'm a little bit of a blunt person, so...
0: (laughs) all right. Be assertive all you want.
1: (laughs) But, you know, I hear a lot of of people um, having difficulties sitting in stillness and I totally understand. I still have difficulties sitting in stillness and it's so simple yet there's, there's so much there for us to discover. And, and so the one thing I would say for, for people is to start really Pushing yourself a little bit, and it doesn't have to be big, massive strides. Of of really sitting in that stillness, and we do practices where there's there's sound, there's mantra, uh, there's guidance, and that's all beautiful, and it helps you kind of drop in and feel a little bit more comfortable with that silence and with that stillness. Because ultimately, this is what I tell people too. I can walk you to that cliff. I can hold your hand there, but ultimately for each one of us, we have to decide if we're going to jump off that cliff, knowing that we can fly, right? Knowing that you have that ability, but it's scary. It's part of spiritual development in getting familiar with this ego that has some not great things to look at, right? That we don't really want to think that we're capable of. Um, but you can you can really get far and take the journey to that cliff. But ultimately, and I think that's what a near death near death experience does is it is the cliff. You're there. You've you've just got to jump. You've got to surrender. You have to go through it. Um, so as as people kind of find their way there without having one of those very traumatic experiences, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, courage. I think spiritual development is very. Very courageous.
0: Yeah. It's it's hard to find the words sometimes to explain to other people why you may live in the manner in which you live or the way you act or what your priorities may be. Um, Have you found since you've started this path or gone down this path have you found it's been a little bit more challenging with people maybe who knew your former self and now they see a different crystal you know and how do you navigate that how do you know <laughs>
1: um <laughs> yeah intuition there um yeah i mean it's been challenging i've i've made a pretty massive shift from the world that I was operating in and how I was operating in it to what I'm doing now. And I, am sure there's some people out there that are like, you know, you had everything kind of figured out and going in a really um, good direction. And to kind of shift that into this space that is uh, especially for people that are, are scientific and uh, this can be, you know, it it can be perceived as not as, of uh, as much value, which I, I am paraphrasing there or kind of um, oversimplifying there. But in general, I think that tends to be a little bit of the vibe. And so for me, and some people have been super stoked, right? And like, I can see you, you're stepping into exactly where it is that you you should be. I'm also writing a science fiction novel. You know, I'm getting to really I mean, I'm so privileged and lucky to be able to do so, to be able to explore these different avenues. Um, so I do have my cheerleaders. I do have the people that are like, this makes oh, so much sense. Um, so I hold those people really close. And to people, other people that are a little bit confused, I think it's such a practice in your own confidence, confidence meaning to have faith in, and you have to have faith in yourself, in your intuition, Um, that it's leading you, leading you in the right direction, even though sometimes you don't really know where you're going to end up. And I think previously in, in what I did before, it has an illusion of being very stable and very much the right way, but it's an illusion. It's also, it's the, it's the same thing ultimately. So yeah, it's been a journey.
0: Right on. I love the fact that you bring that up, like this illusion, right? We, I, I think we get so caught up in this, almost this fantasy of comfort and luxury and we get yeah. stuck and we think we're in flow there when in actuality we're the furthest thing from it, <laughs> you know? Like, and, and Yeah, yeah. Are there times that you may feel like... Maybe you're a little bit more in touch with that, you know, I, I'll call it flow, that, that just yeah. feeling that, in your words, you had said earlier with like having that faith, right? Mm-hmm. Are there times that maybe you feel a lot stronger than you do other times?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think it's a, it's a daily practice. And that's that's another thing that I think is important to communicate with this kind of work is that I don't think we ever have it all figured out. And if we can come at it with this humility, um, it, you're, I'm learning something every single day in in my practice, I mean, you can see my journal, got all kinds of stuff in there. So it's, yeah, definitely days that I feel like I'm a hundred percent on the right track. Other days when I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Why have I decided to do these things? Um, and when I have those days, what's interesting is if I really dig into it, there's something inside of me, there's something there that is very sure, even though there's something on the surface, which is usually the ego that is very not sure. And it's subtle at first, but if you can start attuning to that, it gets a little bit stronger and it gets a little bit louder. So I I try to listen to, it's hard to put words to, but I try and listen to that something that's inside of me that's pretty, pretty uh, supportive and sure. If that makes sense.
0: It does, definitely makes sense to me. It's, so through through your practice and then also through. Helping others develop their own, and you know, I think that's another thing. It's practice. It's you said it's an everyday thing. It yeah. takes time, and, and putting that in. What's what are some things, whether it's advice or maybe some of the modalities and, and things that you're doing to help folks uh, on their journey to to stay the course.
1: Yeah, well, we are. We're actually developing something really exciting right now. Um, we're developing an app oh hey yeah i'm really excited it's going to be all the way spiritual for those that are that are ready for it in a really interesting container kind of combining some of my background and in data uh and in different structures so i'm really excited about that and it's going to be hopefully answering some of that question of how do we stay the course and how do we support one another through it um but as far as the modalities. That I've worked with, I mean, breath work has been a really massive tool for me, uh, especially in recovery from something like, you know, an assault on the lungs, which are a very spiritual organ. We breathe in air, prana, and all the all the traditions, uh, spiritual traditions. Breath obviously plays a really massive role and it's tightly correlated to our life's energy. So when you have something ravaging your lungs, um, it's it's a spiritual assault as well. So breath work has been, has been massive for me personally. And I think for the people that I've worked with. We just did a workshop last week and I I got some really beautiful um, unsolicited notes afterwards about how transformative it was and and how do we How do we manage the energy that we develop after such powerful sessions? Uh, So I I think that's been a a really big one for me. The Akashic records, I just find extremely fascinating from a uh, quantum physics point of view and the quantum field and how we're accessing this information in every session that I do. I, I always come away surprised personally, because I'm like, how did that, (laughs) how did that happen? (laughs) So that's, that's always fun for me, um, because it's constantly surprising. And of course, meditation is, is really the backbone of what I do. That's where I think breath work is really great for moving energy and getting things out of you, and you don't necessarily need to know exa- exactly what it is. I like to tell people release the story. Mm. Um, meditation, I mean, you can do it anywhere, it's always accessible to you. And I can't go through a day anymore not doing it. Um, so, and there's so many different ways to meditate, but I, I really, I really love breath work into mantra, into stillness. So that's, that's where I think a lot of the power is in meditation.
0: Right on. There's it's, it's uncanny. I can, I can align with a lot of it because my, my health issue was I I had a lung abscess and so my lungs Ah. were, yeah, it was, it was not a good scene. And so I worked with my pulmonary specialist and worked on a couple of different breathing exercises anyway and tie that in with, you know, I had done yoga a few years before that. And like someone had mentioned things about breath work, but, you know, it was still a kind of a foreign concept to me for, you know, at that time. Now this is going back, you know, 20 years now, but 22 years, but you talk about breath work and we try to, I think articulate to individuals what that does to the body, to the mind, and then ultimately one spirit. How are you? How are you connecting those dots? For like, what are the, some things that you do to get those folks to really see and feel that you know that energy happening? Mm,
1: mm-hmm. Great question. With breath work in particular, I think. I think number one, there's a little bit of confusion about this. So I, I like to call it psychedelic breath work because we have all kinds of different pranayama, uh, yogic breathing, really powerful, beautiful practices, the triangle breath, nostril breathing, different types of holds, um, elongating the breath. And and the breath work that I'm talking about is is I call it I like to call it psychedelic because. Psychedelic means mind altering, and that's really what this breath work enables you to do. They're recently finding out that um, it looks like our brains release DMT on this type of breath work. So we really are having a psychedelic <laughs> experience. Uh, another thing that I think is really important is for me, it's hard to go into one of these breath work practices in 30 minutes. I think you have to create quite the container for that kind of transformational experience on both ends. So leading into it, really explaining to people, just like you were were talking about, like what's happening in the mind, what's going on biologically, why do we start to sometimes get twitches on our upper lip, (laughs) you know, it's so that people really understand and can feel safe creating that safety because breath work can be a pretty intense experience. It changes, right? It can be very calming and soothing and nurturing, but it can also like rock your ass. So I think making sure that people really understand that and have an intention. um, I think that goes a long, long way. So I always make sure that people have an opportunity at least to share an intention, And then as you get into that breathwork practice, I think a lot of it also has to do the sound. So music is creating an experience in that container as well, as well as the guidance. Mm -hmm. And so I like to, to walk people through having an opportunity at first with the energy to release, to bubble up anything that is no longer serving them. And this can stay in the body and hold in the body in all kinds of different ways or finding out that scientifically as well. And so the first part of that session is really about allowing that energy to move without getting carried away with the story of what it is. Because for somebody like me, it's very analytical. I'm like, what? where is it coming from? Why is it coming from here? How old was I? <laughs> and with breathwork, I think it just, you don't have to, you can just let it move right through you. Um, And I learned that from a really beautiful breathwork teacher. And as you move into that culmination where you're really just letting it go, you've cleared this space. That's what breathwork does. It clears space. And then you have the opportunity to invite something new into that space. And that's what it's all about uh, from my perspective. And so when you come out of that practice you really do feel like a new person on a lot of levels. And I also think that with breath work, it can take three to five sessions before you really find your footing with it and you learn how to move with the breath. Um, usually the first session or two, people are still kind of finding their way. So it it's, there's a little bit of a learning curve, I think.
0: Absolutely. What? What would you say to somebody who might have some trepidation? You know, maybe, you know, just maybe their upbringing. It could be any, it could be a myriad of things that where someone has some hesitation, maybe trying to explore these avenues and try these different techniques. Mm.
1: For people that have hesitation, I think I wouldn't, or I would invite people to. And this is really what I like to bring into our practices to not take it so seriously. (laughs) Um, I think playfulness and a little bit of space just to be weird and silly with it. I mean, like we were talking about, this is all an exploration. Some things are going to work for you where you're at and some things aren't, you know, um, I was super skeptical of the Akashic records. When I went into that training, I was almost walked out because I was like, this is, why am I doing this? This is crazy. There's crazy people. Um, And I'm so glad that I stayed. And I really, I really just had to like cut myself a break and be like, okay, maybe there's something here. My intuition is telling me there's something interesting here and it all comes down to consciousness, right? If you, I feel like with spiritual development, everybody has a kind of similar starting story. You, you start to have certain insights. Maybe you go through a period where you see ghosts and that's like, like my husband, who is very much not in this space. Um, he saw his first ghost. We actually saw it together and that was a massive kind of shift because how do you explain that if consciousness is um contained to the brain? So everybody's gonna have their own journey and if you're not ready for it, that's also okay. It could just not be for you right now. Um, but I also, for those that are just getting into it and trying it out, I just so I bring a little lightheartedness to it, try something, see what feels good. And, and when you're ready, you know, we can really go there with the practices. And that's what, what we're developing is for people that are really ready to go there. They they want to go deeper. They know that there's more. As, as much as I love mindfulness, it, it's a massive pillar. Um, of what we do there, I think there's just, there's a lot more depth that we can go into. And so that's really, that's where I like to spend my time.
0: Awesome. And so for those folks that are really looking to dive in, you know, maybe they're, you know, already been doing this for a while. And we're talking about that, you know, you brought up that consciousness and even your husband seeing, you know, a ghost and you simultaneously. Now, are we talking for those, you know, I like to open it up for folks that, if it's new to them or even if they're experienced and we're talking about raising our, you know, vibration, you know, and reaching yeah. a higher frequency to be able to maybe experience things. Are these the things that you mean when you talk about communicating with extraterrestrials?
1: Yes. Yes, for sure. Um, very exciting <laughs> time for us, I think. But communicating with extraterrestrials, I, I think, first of all, the stigma around even being able to have that conversation is starting to s- soften. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's completely softened, um, but it's certainly starting to. And, you know, I think I have to recognize the work of, of Dr. Stephen Greer and his work on consciousness. And I was lucky enough to, to get to meet him. Um, and I'm just... I'm starting to really connect the dots and understand that there's a reason that spiritual development and meditation on all this work that you're doing to raise your vibration, raise your frequency, uh, and create a new life for yourself through these practices. Why that is so connected? These communities are very connected, the spiritual and the extraterrestrial uh, curious. And I I started to really get that. I was like, okay, this is why it's because we're elevating our consciousness. We're expanding our capabilities through these practices. And that's how extraterrestrials communicate is through consciousness and maybe travel. So, and probably travel. (laughs) So there, that once once I got that, I was like, it makes perfect sense to me, even from a scientific standpoint, once we kind of get past the whole, do extraterrestrials exist? I think it's pretty clear that they do. Um, and then let go of the assumption that they communicate in the way that we currently communicate, which I don't think is the case. So yeah, I think it's it's a really exciting time. And I think that's how those two worlds start to come together. It makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Same. Uh and I, I have again have to align it's once I started for myself through just you know reading and understanding and having great conversations and realizing that it is literally all coming down to consciousness. And those experiences and what we can talk about, whether they're you know very elaborate religious experiences through antiquity, you know, were those, yeah. you know, those ecstatic visions, you know is it could that be what we're talking about now even
1: what What do you mean like
0: i guess sorry i wasn't clear like no, no, no. Know, so I... some of those ecstatic visions that maybe through antiquity people felt so compelled mm. that they had to write down and share orally you know or in you know in written tradition that got passed on like some of these experiences you mm. know was human consciousness at a different point then you know gotcha.
1: yeah you know i and, think... Yeah. Um, I think those experiences, I mean, there's so many of them, so I think it's probably, I mean, plant medicine could be a part, a big part of that too, which is the same thing. It's opening your, your consciousness up to another frequency, another dimension, um, which you, which I think we're discovering we can do in meditation, we can do in breath work in all kinds of ways. So, yeah, I think it's, I've always thought that. I I studied um, Hinduism, Buddhism in in college, and I always, when you're reading those texts, you're like, I feel like extraterrestrials might have played a little bit of a role here (laughs) even years and years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people do, and I, I don't think that's so far off base. There are people at that time, maybe even more evolved than we are now with our consciousness to your point, I think, um, where I think we've gone through periods of time on this planet where the prioritization of, of how we spend our time and how people evaluate not success, but how people relate to one another, has been more, more towards consciousness development than other times. And I think in the last hundred years, we've all been, been all about technological development, which has been amazing, uh, especially, you know, in the Western world, but we've really forgotten or lost along the way. And it's it, we're so lucky that some of this knowledge has been preserved to to connect us back with these practices. And so I'm, I'm really hoping, and I think it's happening that the pendulum is swinging a little bit back to this uh, prioritization or importance of us spending time on our inner worlds and uh, not just our outer worlds.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Well articulated our inner worlds. Yeah. And So I think that's what really gets me about what it is you're doing, you know, with, you know, with everything that you're involved with and how you're helping people, you're really helping them with their inner worlds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'll have to write that down for our <laughs> <deck
0: line>. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really what it's all about. Um, and making it really accessible for people in their day-to-days, uh, so they can, they can just dive on in and, connect with other people that are also in this space and, or have this curiosity and feel like there's something more, there's something in, in them that know that there's something more. And that's what I just get so jazzed about is in my practices. Like there's, I want to just go, you know, (laughs) yell on the side. I'm like, there's so much to explore Like in, in, once you really get into these practices and meditations, it's like a whole, it is a whole nother world. And it's just as, or if not more interesting than our kind of everyday material world. And there's so many gifts there that are being, you know, are waiting to be given to you in these practices.
0: Mm. Right. It's, it's, and we get so distracted now i guilty of it from time to time. this that, that materialism and just the, you know, the luxury and the, the shiny objects and everything else, you know, I love
1: shiny objects too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and it just, it, you know, it takes our, takes our attention away from the eye, you know, the being instead okay. of human doings, you know, and actually be a human being again, yes. you know,
1: Love that.
0: Yeah. And I, I you know, it, I feel the importance of it just because I, I know the difference it's made in my own life and I can definitely align. I want to scream from the rooftop sometimes. It's just like, please, everybody just take a moment and just like, do this, feel, yeah. feel this.
1: And then it's <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Just feel this. Do you feel that? And, you know, just being excited and, you know, um, about all the yeah. awesome, like you said, there's just so much inside to unlock. What are some other things um, that you you know you help folks with? Um, walk us through some of the things you're doing. Now?
1: Yeah, uh, we are doing. Um, we just wrapped actually a 21 day immersion. So in those in those immersions, I love them so much because we get to connect in a really intimate way through this 21 day practice. And I had written these or, or designed them as 30 minute practices. And <laughs> what I was finding is that it was turning into an hour every day. And then we would do these uh, weekly elongated practices and we're bringing in Kriyas. I'm also uh, Kundalini yoga certified and kind of bringing this all together. And I've just been really fascinated and excited by how how much people have gotten out of them. And, uh, last, last course, um, yeah, we just had some really interesting manifestations happen around, around that particular theme, which was worthiness. So I really, I really love the immersions. Um, and that's kind of where we're going with the, with the app and the spiritual studio. So a lot of behind the scenes happening right now, to be honest with you a lot of development, building out the suite of of our offerings. Uh, But in the meantime, I'm doing a lot of individual sessions. Reiki has been a massive tool of mine, also something that I credit with my healing and being able to connect with that universal energy that we can channel through our hands, which are also extensions of our our heart center. And being in self-practice, that's really how I developed it. It was so powerful. I I can actually feel it running through my body again, just like so, so fascinated by the power of these practices. Um, So I do enjoy helping those that are interested in Reiki, especially if you have acute or chronic physical um, tensions or illnesses, it's really a great way to, to bring in some healing, bring in some additional energy. Because I think when we're in a depleted state, not only are we depleting the physical body, we start to deplete our energy bodies because we're trying to draw in that energy. So I think Reiki and Kundalini yoga are really great for Mm -hmm. replenishment. Um, Breath work, like we talked about, and intuitive sessions. That's Mm -hmm. another area I'm spending a good amount of my time on. And, And like I said, I just really enjoy that personal connection uh with with the, the people that that are um exploring they're trying to usually ha- want some sort of guidance i know for me there's been times in my life where you just feel a little blocked from maybe it's your intuition you feel a little stuck you're not quite sure what way to turn and what i love about intuitive readings is that it helps you get out of your analytical mind of trying to to figure your way out of something or into something and these intuitive readings are accessing this field of information that is between everything akasha is is like ether it's the space between space and there's something there it's not just empty so that i find just personally really really fascinating and something comes forward in every single one of those sessions that just blows my mind whether it comes through me in a physical sense, in a knowing sense, um, in a visionary sense, all kinds of different ways that information can be, can be brought into the human experience. And then you can also learn how to do that for yourself, but, um, yeah, I really enjoy doing that for others.
0: That's awesome. And have you had any folks, you know, that have, you know, come to you and now Now, maybe they're starting to do the practice themselves. Maybe they started their own, you know, version of it or their own. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I see people really take off or um, finding some, some nice grounding and spiritual practices that work for them, Mm -hmm. it's yeah. That brings me the most amount of joy is, is seeing that and their lives just feeling a little bit lighter. And we talk a lot about lightness of being, and moving from the heaviness of doing, kind of like the human being and human doing. Mm. Um, And that makes me, that just makes me feel really, really joyful when I see other people be able to access that for themselves, uh, and really stabilize in that frequency, in that energy.
0: Right. I I think for most folks, it's probably the most challenging to you know, I guess, stay constant out of a lack of better terms, right. Yeah. Without sliding back, you know, a hundred percent worrying about the mortgage or worrying about their children, you know, and maybe, you know, you know, what's some advice that you would give to those individuals maybe in those moments?
1: Yeah. You know, interesting. You asked that question because I had one of those moments today. Um we're just yeah really kind of some disappointing news and having to process that like it's part of the human experience right it's it's ups and downs and i think the people that have really and even when we think of spiritual masters uh i've i've learned a lot from paramahansa yogananda um a story that i really really like along this these lines is that one of his teachers received news from one of the master master teachers that he was going to die soon, which there's a whole story behind that. It sounds very brutal, but (laughs) this message was being relayed to this uh, spiritual teacher for whatever reason. And as the story goes, he took in this information and was distraught. You know, he's a very, very evolved spiritual teacher, a spiritual being. And it it's not that, that things don't affect them. And I, I really wish more spiritual uh, teachers would talk about this. The difference is how you metabolize that experience. And so... I've really thought a lot about how I metabolize perceived negative experiences, which is always my story about them, right? Which today I was like, okay, my story that I'm, I'm attaching meaning to is that I'm not good enough in some way. And you can, you can start to just kind of just that realization, that building of awareness that you're upset because of some belief that you hold, you can start to bring that out of you a little bit and really look at it and let it have its moment and then metabolize it just like you would food. It's moving through your system. doesn't mean you don't feel it. doesn't mean you don't have a a good cry, Uh, feel it, let it move and, and really let it leave. And I think that's what these really evolved spiritual teachers have learned is that it's not about never feeling crappy or or falling off the wagon. It's about how you you, how you metabolize it. And as as far as practices, I always think um, progress over perfection. Like there's there's no need to beat yourself up because that's just another thing that you're layering on. That your ego is layering on. I'm not good enough because I didn't meditate today. I'm I'm not good enough because I've run into a really tough situation and I clearly haven't been keeping up my my practices, which I know could be helping me. Like, you already have enough. Like, don't don't bring on more. And it's just for me, it's like wipe the slate clean and start anew, as much as you can. Almost like a reset button. You know, progress over perfection. It's not about hitting every single day. Although you may get there and it feels really good, you don't have to judge yourself for not doing it. You're, you're finding your own way and it's not going to necessarily look like everybody else's.
0: What a great point. And I think we get so caught up in that we're so, you know, sometimes with. The advent of social media it has not helped where we're comparing our journey to others' journeys. And we sometimes think we should be in a completely different place than we are instead of focusing yeah. on our own individual journeys.
1: Definitely. The comparison. Yeah. Z's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a constant practice as well. Mm. And I love the concept of jealousy, not necessarily being a bad thing, but hear me out.
0: (laughs) Pump the
1: brakes. (laughs) I like to think of it and it almost loses its energy and its power when you transform it into, this is something that I, I want for myself. Why do I want that for myself? And when you ask yourself that question, it's like, oh, I want that for myself because X, Y, and Z, or I, I really want to be able to speak like that person does. I would really love to um, to create a business like that person does. I'd really love, I mean, the fiscal comparisons, I think are, you know, a little too much there, but um. But you can, and then in that situation, you can say, okay, why do I want that for myself? It's not serving me. It's not helpful. And then you can kind of let that dissipate. Um, But that it's, it's a very hard practice. Um, And we have so much information coming at us these days, but I like to gamify it a little bit. like, okay, I'm feeling a little tinge of comparison here. I wish I was there, but I'm here. Uh, What? what is amazing about where I'm at right now and where I came from, you know, where was I last year this time and where am I at now? And nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty damn, pretty damn good. (laughs)
0: Right. You know, again, you know, that as cliche as it sounds that, you know, that attitude of gratitude and what gratitude brings into our lives and what it brings into our being to just be in that moment and feel just joy for being so excited for what we have and who we are and what we're becoming instead of this like concrete thing it's folks feel like it's just this block like it's this object when our lives Mm -hmm. are this breath it's always becoming it's moving it's flowing and it's changing every day
1: i love that I love that a lot. Yeah, we're and not blocks.
0: No. And there's a reason why there's gonna be those seasons and those ups, those downs, those hills, those valleys. And, um, you know, and I, I, nature tries to show us each and every day, you know, um, but we're yeah. not always paying attention to nature.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons in nature. Yeah. yeah, I really, I really love that. It's a, it's a constant dance, and I think what you said there was really poignant. It's, it's, about who we're becoming, and you know, you hear this from a lot of the elite athletes as well, is that they're, they're not competing against anybody. The ones that really, really can. I used to do um, martial arts for like twelve years, so very, very uh, into that, that flow that you can find as an athlete. But it really is about you against you. And it's not even you against you. It's you for you each day. and you're you're getting closer and closer. Um, and maybe it's not like this straight line like we all expect it to be, right? But you're going, you're going in that direction. You're going towards that North star, which I, I talk about a lot, is setting a North star and then how you get there. You can allow some of the unknown to come into the equation, which has been a really big practice for me in the last year is developing this more nourishing relationship with the unknown, because that's where new things come from, right? It's not going to come from what we know. It's going to come from the unknown. And so giving ourselves a little bit of space to let the universe dance with us instead of for, for Virgos like me of like, just, you know, hammering your way through (laughs) let a little space build. Yep. Yeah. I I
0: can align again, being a Virgo. It's one of those. Oh, are you? Yes. First deacon. Um, so always just trying to get it done and learning to accept, the unknown and that's been my journey, you know, and uh yeah this uh this Virgo season will make my 43rd cycle around this sun.
1: Oh exciting congratulations. Yeah
0: so I'm looking forward to that and every day you know is a lesson you know and yeah becoming always becoming becoming
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely it's such a it's such a gift that we have such a cool opportunity um very excited to be on the planet at this time
0: Me too. It's pretty riveting. I mean, it's It's exciting.
1: Yeah. It's a front row seat.
0: (laughs) Can't say it's not exciting every day.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Keeping us on our toes.
0: Right on. So do you have any events that are coming up that folks could uh, maybe sign up for or find out about?
1: We do have an event coming up on July. I think I just moved the date, but it's July 21st. And this will be the first workshop that I've done for how to connect with extraterrestrials. And so we'll get into maybe maybe for some people a little too much, but <laughs> I'll give you as much as you're ready for on the science of consciousness, why there's this connection between the science of consciousness and connecting with extraterrestrials, some of my own personal stories of, around contact And how transformational that's been and how to deal with fear. Because when you're, when you're actually in it and you're actually connecting and open to, to bridging that with extraterrestrials, inevitably, even if you're like, take me aboard the ship, I'm ready. It's kind of funny how those people that are really, really ready are the first ones to crumble when contact actually happens, (laughs) I, it's just very, yeah, very entertaining, but really understanding that fear. How do you work through it so that you can be open to that connection? Mm. And then we'll, we'll try for ourselves and and go through that process, um, of meditating to connect and see what happens. So that will be in July. And of course you can check out any of our individual sessions and stay tuned for our studio. That'll be coming up soon.
0: Awesome where can folks find you on the internet? Where can they find the center on the internet?
1: They can find us at sapiocenter.com. Super easy. Sapio, Sapio Ohm Center at Gmail as well. And on Instagram, Sapio Center all around.
0: All around. Sapio Center everywhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sapio Center everywhere.
0: (laughs) That's, that's awesome. That's so great. And, uh, is there anything you want to share with folks before, uh, before we go?
1: You know, I think just in these times, I don't think that, that having hope is naive. You know, I think having, having hope is really powerful and courageous right now. And that when we connect ourselves with this, unbounded state in consciousness this is really where we can create the world that we want to live in and like we were talking about that starts first with our own inner exploration and again it sounds cliche but i really really believe that it's true is as you heal you you heal the world as we do our own healing we are healing the world and i think a lot of people right now can feel a little despondent or discouraged that they don't know what to do and and i would say go inwards find your practice whatever works for you and you're doing the work you're actually helping the world by doing that um and i'm i'm there for you if you're if you're ready to take that journey and i'm so so blessed and excited to have been in conversation with you today
0: Likewise, Uh, honored and blessed myself. So thank you for that. I truly appreciate your time, your energy, your kindness and uh, and what you do and what you put out to the world. Thank you. Thank you. And there you have it. I feel so rejuvenated after a conversation like that. And I cannot thank Crystal enough. You can find Crystal as well as more information about the Sapio Center at sapiocenter.com and you can find them on Instagram at Center. Crystal also has that amazing event Thursday, July 21st on making contact with extraterrestrials where she goes into the why there's a connection between the science of consciousness and connecting with extraterrestrials. I implore you to check it out and go to sapiocenter.com. You can find us on Instagram at itd.jcosta as well as on Twitter at itd_jcosta. We recently started a Patreon, so be sure to check out our Patreon page where we have our inner sanctum and additional content. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you all so much. And until next time, take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself.